Hello, everyone, and welcome to another preview here of another monument, Il Lombardia, the race of the falling leaves, the final big occasion on the European calendar. And to discuss the preview today is Mr. Greg himself, Ewan Wilson. And I mean, Ewan, in the last two editions, we've just had Tata Pogaccia mania. We have the race of the falling leaves has brought with it two Pogaccia monument victories. Uh, both times he's brought passenger towards the line wearing a dark blue jersey, one time Enric Mas, the other time uh, Fausta Masnada of Italy. And uh, Pogaccia will be starting this weekend as the hot favourite to win a third Lombardia in a row. Well, we might as well start with the route. Uh, obviously, Bergamo, Como, two beautiful places. And uh, yeah, what does the route look like for the 2023 edition? Well, the Gila de Lombardia is one of these monuments that, I mean, it's a very fickle monument in terms of its route. It changes every year, it seems, for the past couple of years uh, between Como and Bergamo, whether it starts in Como or ends in Como. This year, it will start in Como on the banks of the lake that we last had this back in 2021, heading to Bergamo, one of uh, Lombardy's most pretty cities. Nevertheless, the race is 238 kilometers in total length and includes seven key climbs on the agenda, the first of which the Madonna di uh, Gisala, which, which will come after 38 kilometers of racing. After that, we have a little descent then before taking on the Roncola climb, which is the second of the notable hills on the agenda. Then the Bedebeno, which comes at about halfway through that, that small hump will take them over that halfway point. Then we come to the, the really decisive four final climbs. The first one being the Crocetta climb, uh, which we used, if I recall, back at the Giro this year. We did have a stage into Bergamo at this year's Giro that did follow very similar roads. After the Crocetta, we have the Zambla Alta. Then we take on the Paso di Ganda, which is the, the really sort of maybe the more difficult of the final two challenges. And that one is nine kilometers in length and at 7%. It maximums out at 15%. Then we have our final climb of the day, which is a small little bump before the end at the Paso Aperto. We came up this at the Giro this year, where we saw lots of riders attacking and attacking. It's a cobble climb, only about one kilometer in length, goes up to 12%, but is, it averages about 8%. Once again, on pave, very narrow roads. It's, it's proved decisive in the past here in Lombardia, and it could once again of the crest of that climb will come under the, the three kilometers to go banner then the riders will dive down into Bergamo on the Via Roma for the final dash to the line to win the 111th Lombardia Trophy 117th Lombardia Trophy my bad I mean, uh, you and we might as well start with the favorites. And I mean, the favorite that you've already mentioned, 100% record, Tadabikachi, can't do it much better than that. Yeah, what do you make of his incredible 2023 when you look at just his one-day records as well? And he's going to have a phenomenal team around him by all accounts. Yes, his one-day record this year is phenomenal. Just looking back onto that wonderful Spring Classics campaign he had in the cobbles and in the Ardennes that ended badly at liege Baston liege with a crash but um, his record was was just phenomenal. Then looking deeper into the season since the World Championships in Glasgow, where he took a bronze medal. Since then, he's also been in the top five of every race he's entered, sometimes even working for his teammate Mark Hirschi. It really has been a, a real sort of spellbinding season from Pogacar, and I, I think it's going to continue here. He's won Lombardia on both profiles, the Bergamo finish and on the Como finish. That kicker towards the end, that suits Pogacar. He's a good sprinter. He should be there over the climbs. He's got an incredible Incredibly strong team. UAE are bringing a barnstorming lineup to this Lombardia, and I'm expecting Pog to 
be there. If you're worried about that Giro d'Emilia result where he came second behind Roglic, remember last year he actually finished second in that race to Enric Mass, who he ended up beating a week later at Lombardia. So don't be too worried. If there's ever a monument that's designed for Tadej Pogacar, it's Lombardia. I mean, if their team is anything to go by in terms of uh, Trevally, they've got well, David Pogaccia, David Formolo, Vika Stangelangen, Rafa Maike, Diego Lisi, Jay Vine, Adam Yates, and maybe they'll throw in Juan Ayuso Mark Hirschi in there. So it's going to be crazy. It's, yeah, and, and we've seen in the past, over the past two editions of this race, that UAE have been the team that control it, and they've won both times. I'm expecting UAE to really be the team that do control things, although I, I do expect Yemba Visma to also be in the frame. They're Yemba Visma after all. Okay, we might as well talk about them. I mean, Primoz Roglic, incredible form. Their absolute bombshell he dropped in, in the pre-race interview was uh, quite incredible, but we've talked about that in the echelon, uh, transfer talks, etc. But you and focusing just on the racing, we're not turning this into an Amazon Visma episode again. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, Primoz Roglic, obviously, judging by the Trey Valley uh, Vecina race, starting lineup, Tees Benut, we know he's very good in the one-day races, Wilco Kelderman, Steven Kreuzweg, Jan Tratnik, Milan Bada, Ali Attila Vanta, who was very good this year as well. But his record's not great. Fourth is the best result for Primoz Roglic. But do you think he's going to be leaving uh, Jumbo Visma with a monument? Uh, he definitely could. He's pretty much Roglic after all. And uh, with all this emotion built up over the past couple of weeks, you would expect him really to go for it. To drop a bombshell of, I'm leaving the team next year. No surprise. And then win the race quite convincingly at Amelia. Definitely showed some signs of good form. But Roglic has won that race three times. And he's also ridden Lombardia on four different occasions. And his best finish is fourth place. Maybe Lombardia is not the race best suited to him. You would expect him to do well in, the, in, in this kind of race. He definitely has has an opportunity to be on the podium but i just don't think it's going to be roglic's time to win at lombardia i think that that might have to wait looking elsewhere at his team i think valter is going to be a really important asset he has on a number of times this year he's actually i think one of the most successful teammates in the pro peloton in terms of actual sort of teammate assists valter definitely i think will play his part but for roglic if it's down between him and him and pog i just think it's going to go pog's way but if anybody's going to be pogaccio it's going to be roglic I mean, do you think 2021 Roglic was better than the 2023 Roglic? Because that is the Roglic that got fourth place. So and he came out of the Vuelta with incredibly good form when he was like, yeah, exactly. That was his best ever Vuelta. And then you know he's also I mean, he's done this race as well in the past in 17, 18, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's never cracked the podium. So yeah, which is strange for for Roglic. He has won. A, he has won a. A monument, but that was also in the COVID year. So you do have a bit of an asterisk there with it being in Liège, Bastogne, Liège. It was just after the Tour de France and the World Championships. So it was highly competitive. So maybe Roglic isn't actually as good of a monument rider as we 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 think. I mean, I I'm gonna get a little hello hate for this by Roglic fans, but I don't actually think that Giro d'Emilia race was that convincing because uh, they were a big group at the top. It's not like they, he dropped everyone on San Luca climb. It was a sprint to the finish. And yeah, he but, won a sprint. It's not like he, he dropped everyone. And what Roglic does really well are, is uphill sprints. Lombardy is a very different race. It's a flat finish. We don't have this steep climb towards the end and an uphill sprint. I mean, a win's a win. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, he has won yeah, yeah. times, and he's never won Lombardia. Yeah, exactly. That is the yeah. It was just the point that 
I think he was better in 2021 than he is now. And I think Tarbogacha and sometimes Lombardia is just an afterthought, unfortunately. Yeah, we might as well. Remco Venable, strange relationship with this race. Obviously, 2020 almost dying. And uh, yeah, I don't know if this race fits him, though. I don't know either whether it fits him or not. Um, he has done this race twice. Once he didn't finish, as we know, in 2020. Uh, and then in 2021, he returned and finished in 19th in what was a very strange season for Renko Evenepoel. That was a week after all that controversy at the World Championships between himself and Wout Van Aert. But for Renko, you know... He doesn't do monuments very often. Over the past two seasons, he's only done Liege-Bastogne-Liege. Yes, he's won both of them, but this is Remco Evenepoel, who is quite an exclusive rider and only really gets fielded to certain races that he really wants to target. And in that case, I think he's definitely going to try and win Lombardia and should really be trying to reach that podium. He knows this route. He knows he knows Lombardia. He reconned it as well in the past and also for this year's Giro d'Italia. I think if he were to do it, he has to go like round about the Paso de Ganda and then try to solo it out to the end. I don't think he has that explosive kick over Pogacar. We've definitely seen that Avonapol sprinting has been improving over the past 12 months. Maybe he'll try to bet on a sprint towards the end like we saw at uh, San Sebastian, for instance, when he was with Bilbao at, at the line. And then also at the Vuelta, he was betting on a sprint a lot more often than instead of going for the typical Remco Avonapol style long range solos. So I'm definitely intrigued. I think I'm maybe more favorable towards Remco getting a podium than Rockledge for instance oh okay that's quite I'm gonna uh, interesting I don't know it's not very me to say that because I'm, I'm I'm usually quite favorable towards Rockledge but uh I just I just feel like Remco's given me more evidence who do you think's come out of the the well to better because Remco looked great in that final week he I did was... and then Rockledge I, th- I don't know but then both of them have had a really busy week with the whole merger stuff so <laughs> Like Roglic is is um he's figuring out his new team. Remco's figuring out what's actually going on. Um, so I mean it'll be interesting. The only person not really affected by all this merger stuff is is Tadej Pogacar. I don't think he cares. Yeah. He probably does care. Like he cares, but he's not getting emails bombarded at him, or at least his agent isn't. But he's too busy learning how to unicycle. Well, actually, actually, he could unicycle as a kid. Bear that in mind, he actually got into cycling because he used to unicycle as a kid. But, I mean, we might as well look to the second place finisher last year as well, Enric Mas. He was up there in that final selection in Giro de Emilia as well. I just don't know if he's as good as he was last year because last year he had diamonds in his legs, as you were saying, Danish. He was doing very well. But he is still recovering from that Tour de France crash, you would think. Sick that the welter, yeah, I know. How did you rate Enric Mas potentially getting another top five podium, etc.? Enric Mas isn't a winner. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> ouch. No, he's a good rider, but he's not a winner. It's true though. But it is second <laughs> welter, second welter, second welter, second Lombardia. Like he's not, he's not a guy you're going to see in the top step of the podium. He could finish on the, on on third place, but I just think that with the field that we have and the trends in pro cycling, particularly this year, we've we've noticed this. The biggest races have been concentrated by the Galacticos in terms of three are here in Pogacar, Remco, and Roglic. One of those three should be winning this race. I don't think Enric Mas really joins that pantheon of riders. Sorry. Last victory was Giro del Mundo last year. So that just tells you the whole story. It was a good win, to be fair. Yeah, it was. It was. He's only got two victories since COVID. Just Sorry. rubbing it in. 
<laughs> if he wins, I hope he writes you. I mean, I I have no wins since since the COVID break. All before <laughs> the break, neither do I have any second places at the Baltas Fania. So yeah, he definitely has that on me. I mean, we might as well look uh, well a bit more of an underdog. He was third in uh, Giro d'Emilia, Simon Yates. Great Tour de France this year. Being up there in, in some of the one-day races in the autumn races, but is Adam Yates... No, not Adam Yates. Simon Yates. Is he one you're looking towards tickling the top five or not? Oh, tickling the top five? Potentially. Why not? I mean, yeah, but he, he doesn't have a very good one-day race record. No, sorry, monument record, rather. He's, he's raced seven monuments, and his top result was 18th at the 2015 Lombardia. Um, since COVID, he's only done one. That was Lombardia in 2021, and he finished in 86th place. I'm not expecting big things. But he's had good form recently. So I'll put it at that. Okay, we might as well finish with... Well, I think we should finish on them. EF Education, Easy Post. Obviously, Carapaz looked quite good at Giro de Almilia. Ben Healy as well has been looking quite good as well. Winning a stage in the Tour of Luxembourg earlier this year as well. I'm still gold, the age, etc. EF could be quite a good bet for a top 10, I think. Or top 5 even, maybe. I've always liked the idea of Carapaz being a one-day racer. It's been something I've been really favourable towards. He's got good form recently as well. At the Tour of Tuscany, he finished second last month. Also at the Coppa Sabatini last month as well, finished in seventh place, seventh place in Giro della Emilia. He's only got two monuments in the past, one of which he was disqualified from. We made a video about that when he, he super tucked and then got disqualified. Uh, but but he still lit up the race. He was brave. And then at Lombardia in 2020, the COVID season, that big come back race uh, he finished in 13th place so i think yeah definitely i'd love to see carapaz do well this race and to see him really bounce back after what was a disappointing tour de france i feel like we've sort of missed carapaz's flair uh, over the past couple months and with him maybe I don't, I, I don't really know how to tell healy healy's form is improving i think he had amazing form back at the spring classics maybe he's bouncing back into that form now i expect the ef to be more of a joker team if they were to get into the podium that would be a big result for them yeah i agree uh, well, it should be quite interesting to see what happens. Mark Hirschi obviously winning the Tour of Luxembourg. He's on quite good form. Our best form we've seen in a while. Hirschi could podium Lombardia, to be honest. As Patrick said, he's not in meme form. He's in actual good form. Yeah, very true. But yeah, we might as well get to our favorite part of the show. The predictions. Who is your top three of this year's Il Lombardia? Okay. I'm going to say it's... I'm just going to... No, I'm going to be really boring. Pogaccio, Roglic, Remco. Oh, first, second, third. So Pogaccio wins. I know who saw that coming, but he's won this twice before. I feel like a third one makes sense. And then the sprint behind, I think Roglic is a better sprinter than Remco. Right, just for context, Juren, in terms of your predictions in the early prediction video we did at the beginning of the year, you had Nielsen Poilis as third... <laughs> By Jolie in second and Tadbogacha's winner. So at least you got one consistent. Yeah, in terms of me, Sergio Higita, Tadbogacha, and Roca Venable winning. Uh, I'm not going to be picking Higita, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go Roglic wins because I like the narrative. Tadbogacha's second. So I, at least I keep that. And uh, I don't want to be just re <laughs> reframing your podium. So I'll say Carapaz gets third. Bonus question is where will t 
Thibaut Pinot finish. Yeah. Hey. He's retiring. This is his last race. Oh, sad times. A former winner. Um, he's gonna finish in 17th. Fair enough. I'm gonna say DNF. Oof. Yeah. Tipo, I love you. No, yeah, I'm kidding. It's very on brand. Fifteenth, fifteenth. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. I like him a lot. We saw him once in the Verge, me and you, that and is, Jack. That's true. That's true. But that doesn't that doesn't give him any extra placings in this ranking. Anyways, that's it for this preview video. Make sure to hit the like button. Get involved in the comments as well. Let us know who you think is going to win. And of course, thank you for watching. And we will see you around. <laughs>